This morning, if I have a title for anything, it's called What You Think About God, What You Think About You. And this is, this is something that's been kind of uh, mulling in my head for quite a while now. And I got the opportunity to really think more about it on Thursday night. So this is, this is a, our first of the Thursday nights. Amy, if you're in the room, you got picture, you know, cred here. <laughs> but it was really cool, like all these tables set up right in the middle right here and people sitting around talking. And one of the questions that was asked was about the lies that we embrace as truth in our lives. And I was surprised at how quickly we got to, like, vulnerability with that. Like, it was, it was awesome. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm, we're talking about, you know, the lies that I personally embrace as truth. Other people are talking about that. And I, I just couldn't help but think about this thing that's been mulling in me for the last couple of months. And it's this statement. Your understanding of you is intricately bound to your understanding of God. If I believe something about myself that is not true, if I believe something about myself that is true, it's because as a person made in the image of God, I also believe that in some way, shape, or form about God. And so is it that I struggle with money or is it that I struggle with trust in the Father? Is it that I really enjoy pornography or is it that I don't see God as the ultimate source of all pleasure and fulfillment? What are those things that we embrace that are not truths or even things that we believe are truth? that I, I believe is an identity for me, but really I see as who God is or who God is not. And so I, I want to look at these different, you know, the lies and the truths, the passions and the complacencies, the actions and the inactions, all of these things in my life and your life flow from what we believe about God. They flow from who we believe God is. Let's, let's take it to uh, ideologies. Ooh, I went there. I was going to let this one sit there for a minute. <laughs> the liberal and the conservative, the oppressed and the oppressor, the urban and the rustic, these people do not see God the same way. What is important to God in their minds reflects in what they are and what they embrace and who they are and who they embrace. Right? Come on. They see God a different way. And so that's what I want to really dig into this morning is that is it so much what you and I think and believe about ourselves or is it that we can trace that to what we think and believe about God? Matthew chapter 22. If you got a Bible, you can go ahead and turn there. If you don't, it's in big blue letters right here. So, <laughs> but when the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered themselves together. 
One of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and foremost commandment. The second is like it. Didn't ask for that, but he's going to give that. You shall love your neighbor as yourselves. On these two commandments depends the whole law and the prophets. So let me kind of paint what's happening here. These people are tired of being made fools of. They're tired of everybody following Jesus and and kind of going against what their view of God is. And so they come to Jesus, and it's like, we're going to ask this guy a question, not just to stump him and make him look like a fool, but to cause dissension among people. And the question that they ask him here is, out of the 600-plus laws, which is the greatest? Which is the most important? Which should we stamp our lives on? And it's the same as asking that today. Out of all the things that Christianity stands for, out of all the things that cultural Christianity embraces or doesn't embrace, which is the most important issue? And what Jesus does here is brilliant. Like, please don't, like, don't under, don't not understand. Well, double negative? I don't know. Understand <laughs> the the depth and the brilliance of what these men are trying to do here. It's like me walking into Comic-Con. Stick with me here. (laughs) And J.J. Abrams is like speaking on like the main stage. And I walk up and I grab that mic from him and I go, J.J., Marvel movies, anime, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, Star Trek, which is the greatest. And then I just leave, and I watch as the room descends into chaos. <laughs> That's what it's like. That's what that was like. So it wasn't just about making Jesus look a fool. It was about causing division among his people by trying to play on what everybody's favorite issue was. Come on, man. Man, this sounds familiar. Anyway, so so what Jesus does here is absolutely brilliant. And what he does is he takes malicious intentions and produces a benevolent summary of all of those laws to show what is the most important thing to God. Love God, love people. That's it. Love God, love people. Whatever you feel like is the most important law, whatever you feel like is the most important issue, whatever you feel like is the stamp of Christianity, it gets trumped by loving God and loving people. And the temptation in this, listen, this is like a self-love culture we live in right now. And I'm actually cool with that, and I'm going to explain that. But the temptation is to look at these sets of verses and to believe that God's not talking about that because it's love God, love people, and you're like, well, what about me? Where, like, am I supposed to love my, myself? 
aside from the like kind of throw in of like love your neighbor as yourself, you know what I mean? It, it feels like a, a throw in. But you and I are most powerfully loved, most powerfully addressed within here when all of me loves all of God. When my heart, when my soul, when my mind loves God, I am able to be most effectively addressed and ministered to as a person. Created in the image of God is most effectively addressed by God. Now, I'm, I'm all for men, women, husbands, wives, married couple, children. If you need it, go to counseling. Go to counseling. Get in front of the therapist. Get in front of the count. Whatever. You need that. If you need that, please do it. Like, I, there's kind of a stigma of that sometimes within the church. And I'm going to say it to y'all. I'm going to say it to y'all. I don't know. If, is that the right camera? <laughs> I'm just looking all around. <laughs> Get in front of a counselor. And, and self, self-love is good. The things that fill you up is good. These are the things that fill me up. That's my family. They're cool. I like them. They fill me up. That's my friends. We had a barbecue for Declan's dedication last week. And it's just, it's cool to just be amongst friends. That's me golfing. I love golfing, man. Yeah. Listen, if you're out there and you golf, I want to golf with you. I love you. We may have to schedule it out like four months from now. But I love that it's, uh, you're with the guys, and you, I've never done anything in this life in one minute. You're like, why am I doing this? And then the next minute, you're like, Tiger who, baby? <laughs> never experienced that in my life. You hit that one shot, and you're like, I'm going pro. You hit the next shot, and it's like, I'm going home. <laughs> I don't, don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> it's awesome. And then that... That's, that's meat. It's the meat that Pastor Jim keeps saying that I'm doing, but I keep not doing it. <laughs> so you got to talk with him about that. But I love, like, it's one of my favorite things in the world to sit in front of a smoker and just, like, manage the temperatures. And then you, like, pull it off and you give it to the people. And they're like, wow, this is better than a restaurant. And I'm like, I know. And then, like... <laughs> <laughs> I just, I love it. Those are the things that fill me up. And you have things that fill you up. You, you have friends. Let me, let me tell you something about friends. I can trace back some of the most foolish decisions in my life to feeling like I didn't need, didn't have, didn't want, or couldn't use my friends. You need friends. They're, they're beautiful, wonderful things. Whatever it is that fills you up. Some of you run. I don't get that. You do your thing, <laughs> you know? But loving God 
is the greatest form of self-love. There is nothing, nothing that can minister to your heart, to who you are in Christ, like the Father can, like God can. Nothing. All of those things are wonderful tools that should point you to this fact. All of those things are wonderful distractions and wonderful fillings up and wonderful parts of completing who you are, but this is the ultimate. And hopefully all of those things in your life, in some way, shape, or form, even running, can lead you <laughs> to loving God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. You are most powerfully addressed when all of that loves all of God. So I'm, I'm going to give you kind of an example of this. Matthew chapter 25, you guys have heard of the... Ten, the talents, right? The guy with the, the, the master, he comes and he's got these three servants and he gives one servant and it says each according to his ability. So he gives one five talents, he gives one two talents, he gives one one talent and then he leaves. And the Bible says immediately the one with five goes out, makes five more. The one with two goes out, makes two more. The one with one goes out, makes a hole in the ground, and buries the talent. Now, before you say, oh, that poor one-talent guy, he just got this little coin, and it was according to his ability, I feel bad for him. Let me explain what a talent is, okay? One denarii is one day's wage, okay? So 365 denarii would be one year's wage, correct? Okay. A talent was 16 years worth of wages. So please don't be like, oh, that poor guy, he took his little coin and, and put it in the ground. No, that guy took a suitcase with like a million dollars and put it in the ground. <laughs> So these, guys, these, these servants were given exceptional wealth. And here's the funny part. I don't know if you guys have ever read this passage and noticed this. The master never gave a command. Never told them what to do. Didn't say go out and multiply this. Didn't say take care of it. Didn't say a word. Gave it to them and he left. So then he comes back. I, and, and he wants to make accounts for this now. What, what happened? The guy with five says, Master, I came. I got five more for you. Made ten. Master's like, Woo, brother. Thank you. That was beautiful. Come into my joy. High five. You know? I don't, maybe that was the joy. I don't know. Guy with two comes and says, Made two more. Master goes, Yes! High five. Come into my joy. The guy with one, and this is where we're going to pick up. Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. And I was afraid. And went away and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what is yours. 
But his answer, but his master answered and said to him, you wicked, lazy slave. You knew that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have put my money in the bank. And on my arrival, I would have received my money back with interest. Therefore, take away the talent from him and give it to the one who has 10 talents. For everyone who has, more shall be given. And he, who ha- who, he will have an abundance. But from the one who does not have, even what he does have shall be taken away. Throw out the worthless slave into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Wow. And I, I think the first inclination in some way, shape, or form is to see this as a bit of an overreaction. But let me explain to you what happened here. Master, I knew you to be a hard man. The identity of his master that he embraced was different than the identity of the master that the other two servants embraced. And the temptation with this is to look at this purely as a stewardship parable. Well, they took what God gave them and they multiplied it because they're good. And I'm not fighting against that. But what I'm saying is that that happened because the servants knew the heart of the master. They knew the identity of the master. They knew what the master wanted. They spent time with him, understood who he was, knew what was the most important thing to him, loved him, wanted to do for him. And the identity of the master to this servant was a hard man, a hard man. And that hard man led to fear. And fear led to what the master calls wickedness and laziness. Was it self-absorption or was it his self-worth? I don't know. And, and that led to inaction. So I, I'm, I'm not going to do anything with this. And then that led to consequences. All because of what? A lie that he believed about himself, possibly. A lie that he believed about his master. He did not know who his master was. <sighs> Some of us, and I'm, I'm in this boat so often, you, you cannot love what you do not understand. Can you imagine, like, you have a spouse in the room, a parent in the room, Somebody, whatever, that's not in the room. You love someone. You, you cannot possibly love that person without knowing who they are. Not your idea of them. And I've been in this boat where you fall in love with the idea of someone or who you want them to be, but who they actually are. You cannot love God if you don't know who he is. And he's not in some mystery that's hiding from you. Like, you're like, where's God? And God's like behind the big beaker over here or whatever. You know, like, he wants to be known by you. He wants to be loved by you. He wants to love you. But how can we love what we do not understand? 
How can we love what we do not know or maybe even make an attempt to know? He, he wants you to love him. He wants you to know him. I will be their God and they will be my people is a cry from God for you and I to know him. For you and I to understand who he is. And if, if we embrace a simple untruth about who God is, do you see where that branches into wicked, lazy servant? It, it starts from embracing this lie about who God is and moves into consequences for us. And the truth is out there. It's there to be seen. He wants you to know him. He gave us this book. A lot of people think the Bible is uh, a book of do's and don'ts. A and it does have do's and don'ts, obviously. But the Bible is a book about who God is and who God is not. When, when you as a parent say to your child, don't touch the stove, that's you showing your love for your child in keeping them away from something harmful. Every thou shalt and thou shalt not reveals the heart of the Father, reveals the heart of God for, for you, for me. And so embracing a simple lie about who God is, seeing God through a lens that is not correct, leads to, leads to, leads to a place you were never meant to be, a place I was never meant to be. Man, you guys are quiet. Whatever understanding you have of God reflects how you view yourself and what you do. It just does. It, it, the temptation is to see it the other way. I am this type of person, therefore I see God as that type of person. But you can't possibly be arrogant enough to think you're the center, right? I can't possibly be arrogant enough to think I'm the center. Like nobody in this room that calls himself a believer truly believes you're the center of it all. And so if you're not the center of it all and God is... Who you are and what you do and what you embrace as truth or lies flows from who you believe God is. So who do you believe God is? You think he's a hard man that leads to fear? That leads to laziness or whatever that fear may lead to? That leads to giving up? That leads to consequences? Is that who you believe God is? Who you believe God is flows into who you are and what you do. Now, you're going to get told a ton of different ways to address this stuff. I, I put some on the screen that are important to me. I talked about counseling. But please, you and I have to start, have to start with what you think about God. What you think about God is what you think about you. What you think about God reflects in what you think about you. 
in the ideologies that you embrace. And let me tell you, this is why we need each other. We need each other because you can't possibly have a complete picture of the infinite. But we could have a much better one. And so instead of summarily dismissing, ah, I know that they see God that way, but that way is super annoying. <laughs> I know that they see God this way, but <sighs> Facebook. I know that they see God this way, but whatever. We, we get the most complete picture of God when we are we, not I. We. And you guys are all, you're sitting here committed to Freedom Center Church. Like, you, you are a local body of believers, hopefully committed not just to Christ, but to each other. And as we do that, we get a more complete picture of God where we can address the things that may not be true in each other's lives so that we cannot be hard man to fear, to whatever, to whatever the consequences. We have a great opportunity for that by being together and doing this thing together. You're going to be told tons of different ways how to address this. Some of those ways are wonderful. Some of those ways are super weird. But the best way, the way to start is who is God? Who is God? I'm going to end on this um, early. So, Jared, you can come whenever. Uh, I used to lead a Bible study for uh, the interns at the camp that I used to work at. And the first question, a new season of interns would come in, and the first question I would ask them is, I want you to read the Bible, and I want you to tell me something about God that you didn't know before. Have you ever thought about that? What is something about God that you didn't know? Do, you, do we look for that? Do we look to know things that we didn't know about our Father before? Do we look to know? He's infinite, right? We all would say that. And yet I think sometimes we embrace that we got God figured out, man. And in some ways we do. Because he wants that. But it's a constant process. We are constantly working out our salvation. We are constantly growing. We are constantly working at who God is and who I am. And so me answering that question as best as I know how within the confines of community, who is God? Because I cannot love what I don't understand. I want the most complete picture of God, right? You would not want, man, I love this about you, but I can't stand that other part of you. And you're like, well, or even worse, man, I love this thing about you. I don't even care to get to know the other part of you. That would hurt us. It would hurt God too. It hurts the Father too. You have a wonderful chance with each other here to know a wide, beautiful identity of who God is. You have the Word. 
that tells us who God is and who God is not. Open it. Be with each other. Find out who God is. Stand to your feet. You are at your best when all of you loves all of God. I am at my best when all of me loves all of God. Man, that's just, that's such a beautiful thing. And I, I challenge all of us this morning to go deeper in that. You know, the, the worst thing that, even worse than like, man, Carl, that sucked. Like, <laughs> the worst thing that you could do for, for me in this, not you have to do anything for me, is to walk away saying that was solid and not give it another thought. I'm going to challenge you to get into your word this week and find out things about God that you didn't know. Get in front of people that you may not agree with and find out something about God that you didn't know. The way other people view him, the way other people see him, there are people that have a hope in him that's different than the hope you have in him. There are people that love him in different ways than you love him. And as long as it's not sin, that's okay. That's okay. And we get the most complete picture of God when we bring all of that together. I love you guys. You're really cool. It's an honor and a privilege to get to do this. But it's, it, you know, I, I have this Sunday and then I've got a Sunday next month that I'm, I'm preaching and I'm, I'm going to talk about the other side of this. So when, what we think about God, what we think about each other. And I just, I, I want to see this place and I believe God does too. This, this, this place you call Freedom Center Church home committed to each other despite differences because you bring a picture of God that I don't have and I need that I need that because it helps me understand God better so commit to that what is there about God that you don't know ask that question dig into that Father thank you so much for these people for your goodness and your grace whether people here are believers or not, they wouldn't be sitting here without that. But I pray for those in here that don't know you, people watching that don't know you. God, I, I pray for, um, for them to understand your great love. I pray for people that don't know you to come to know you and for people that know you to know you even better, God. I pray that we would search for who you are that we would constantly reach out in groaning for who you are, not, not just for personal gain, but so that you could be most glorified because we understand a greater depth of who you are. Thank you for these people. I pray for the fathers. I pray a blessing over the biological fathers, the spiritual fathers, the emotional fathers, the ones that have taken people under their wings. I pray for more, God. I pray for more. I pray for more spiritual fathers. I pray for more emotional fathers. I pray for a maturity in your men that would help 
make this a more robust body that runs after you. Thank you for this church. Sometimes I, th I think I don't know what that fully means, you know. But thank you for the commitment of these people to you and to each other, Lord. Help us know you better. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you guys so much. Uh, giving at the back door. Pops, if you didn't get smoothies, you can do that, I think.